Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care, and with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, folks, we're now in week five of the impeachment inquiry. As always, there's a lot to make sense of. President Trump announced he would no longer host next year's G7 summit at his Trump National Doral Miami Resort after mounting criticism from Democrats and Republicans. And after acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney basically admitted that there was a quid pro quo with Ukraine, he continues to back off on those statements. And more State Department officials were deposed by House Democrats as evidence mounts about what's being described as, quote, shadow diplomacy spearheaded by the president's attorney slash fixer, Rudy Giuliani. I talk about all this and more with Ann Milgram on the Cafe Insider podcast. Each week, we break down the news and take stock of what's happening. Today, we're making a clip from the most recent episode available in the Stay Tuned feed. To listen to our full conversation and to access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. All right, so quid pro quo, Mick Mulvaney comes out, does a, a briefing and basically says that one of the reasons why we withheld the funds was we wanted them to do an investigation with respect to the DNC. This is talking about Ukraine. Yeah. And then everyone freaks out, mm-hmm. including Republicans. And by the way, this is very telling, including the White House folks, not for attribution. The lawyers. And then the lawyers for attribution. You know, Jay Sekulow, who basically defends everything that the president does or people around the president does, says we were not involved in preparing for that briefing in any way, shape, or form, which I thought was an interesting articulation of their involvement. Not, it's not true, but we weren't involved as if... This isn't our defense, right? Yeah, this as is if a, the sin was... We're not adopting this. The language as opposed to the truth of it. Yes. And then the Department of Justice freaks out. Yes. <laughs> and we'll talk about that separately in a second, but issues one of the few statements they've issued on any of these matters saying, it's news to us that this had anything to do with any investigation that we may be conducting into the 2016 election or the origins of the the Mueller investigation. So this moment last week, and I don't, you know, get whipsaw that much, even though the defenses keep changing. I, it's not surprising in some ways that the defenses keep changing. But this one to me was unbelievable. It was the, from the president and his surrogate saying repeatedly, there's no quid pro quo to, yeah, there's a quid pro quo. And we're proud of that quid pro quo. Get over it. Get over it. And we do it all the time. It's <laughs> like, get over it. If you read the news reports and you believe them, what did McKinney say yesterday? Well, McKinney said yesterday that he was really upset with the political influence in foreign policy. That was one of the reasons he was so upset about this. And I have news for everybody. Get over it. 
there's going to be political influence in foreign policy. And this made me feel a little like, you know, the sort of analogy I was thinking a little bit about, and it's not perfect, but, you know, your kid, you tell your kid you can't have cookies, you hear the jar break or the something fall, you go into the kitchen, your child has chocolate all over their face. And you say, did you eat a cookie? And your child says, no, I didn't eat a cookie. Or your child says, like, there's some range of excuses. This is the equivalent of your child being like, damn right I ate a cookie. <laughs> it was my, del- it was delicious. It's my favorite kind of cookie Get and I'll eat it. it again tomorrow. Get over it. Right. It's I, like, it's so bold and outrageous to be like you, it almost made me stop in my tracks. I like the cookie analogy, but, but I really prefer it when you do penguins. analogies involving penguins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you stole a penguin. And- <laughs> damn right. That's my penguin. I think that's actually the same analogy we used last time. But think about, it's really, it's an astonishing thing. And it, there are a couple of sort of high level pieces also that are worth focusing on. It's kind of hard to argue that you have a valid defense when your defense keeps changing. And when part of your defense is, I had every right to do what I did. And it is a little bit consistent with the president saying it's a perfect call. There is there is sort of a line of this that that is that is familiar. The other thing that's weird, just to raise this, is that they thought a lot about it because what Mulvaney is saying is yes, there was a quid pro quo as it related to an investigation of the 2016 election. He tries to say it had nothing to do with the Bidens or Barisima, the the company for which Hunter Biden was on the board, which is totally contradicted by the memorandum of the call itself. So we know that's false. In some ways, they're trying to thread the needle to basically say, yeah, this is about investigating past corruption, not about trying to influence the future election. But any way you look at it, they're investigating political rivals. So one thing I think is extremely significant with respect to the legal arguments and how this will play out with respect to impeachment is when Mulvaney says this thing, as we've been discussing, that, yeah, we did it. We had an exchange. It happens all the time. Get over it. Everyone freaks out. And the fact that everyone freaked out, including the legal team, to me indicates that they are well aware of and completely recognize and acknowledge that a quid pro quo is bad. Yes. So we had always predicted that at some point they're going to take the position that Mulvaney did briefly. Um, But yeah, if there's an exchange, there's nothing wrong with that. They are not taking that position going forward. The fact that they made him, you know, walk back his statement, the fact that he claims he didn't say what we all saw he said, and Chris Wallace, I think, showed him up on that means that this issue of quid pro quo, even though I continue to say, I think you agree, not necessary for an article of impeachment, the abuse of power is there based on the request without an exchange, without a quid pro quo. But the proof that keeps mounting that there was a quid pro quo with respect to Ukraine is absolutely devastating to the president's position. Right. I agree. I think that there is evidence that there was a quid pro quo, and I think that there will be additional evidence that the House committees uncover. And so I would favor having two articles of impeachment on this, one on the sort of broader concept of the president's duty to not um, do things for for personal political gain, but also a quid pro quo um, article. What is astonishing about it as a defense, too, is that it sort of assumes something. And I, I think that part of their bet was, yes, the United States argues all the time, we want you to do this in exchange for that. But they forget that they do that on behalf of the good of the United States, not on behalf of the president's personal political benefit. And so there's a huge distinction. And they're in trying to sort of combine all that together. It just looks absurd. And if Mulvaney's position were right, then the president could do anything he wanted, essentially. He could leverage any amount of congressional funding in exchange for his own personal benefit. And that, that simply cannot be the way that the United States works. Yeah. I mean, they keep trying to normalize this term quid pro quo 
to mean something it doesn't mean when you're talking about corruption. Exchanges happen all the time. That is the basis for the economy. That's how capitalism works. Every time you walk into a store and you buy a cookie to keep the cookies going. Yeah, I love cookies. Um, or, or a penguin for that matter, <laughs> if you can buy a penguin at, one a, lately, but at yeah. a pet store. You give them money, they give you the thing that you paid for with the money. That is a quid pro quo, I guess. In every yeah, walk of exchange. life, You're you right. have an yes. exchange. And as you point out, the difference is, I mean, everyone understands. I mean, the president has some murkiness to work with because everyone does understand if he said, we're not going to give you the aid in Ukraine unless, you know, you agree to help me build a hotel in Ukraine. Right. That's so much more direct. People get that. If you said, we're not going to give you the, uh, the $431 million in aid unless you give my campaign a half a million dollars, that's A, illegal because it's foreign money, but also you understand how directly it relates to his personal benefit. Here, they're grasping at straws a little bit to suggest that the benefit that the president was asking for was in the general interest of the country. It was anti-corruption. You know, but people have common sense, and they know when the only human being you mention in the conversation is Joe Biden, and Joe Biden happens to be, I don't know if it's still the, the case, but at that point it was, leading in the polls as his rival for the Democratic nomination, then it's very clear that it's for personal benefit. And by the bad. way, the, the whole argument that this is for corruption in general it is part of a cover-up. I mean, they're trying to couch it in these terms in order to prevent people from seeing that it wasn't about corruption in general, which the U.S. has been fighting against in Ukraine for many years. It's about this specific incident that they want to investigate it. And Preet, I wanted to sort of go to the DOJ piece with you just for a second, because this crystallized something for me. So Mulvaney argues they want help with the 2016 election. And we've talked about this, that they, the president believes this now heavily debunked conspiracy theory that somehow the Democratic servers that were hacked by the Russians are ended up in Ukraine or, or that there were Ukrainians involved in this. There's, there's no basis at all for that belief other than the fact that a couple of conspiracy theorists had put it out there and it got a little traction and apparently it got traction with the president. But there's no basis for that. So that's a piece of this. What Mulvaney seems to be saying is he goes a step further to connect that theory with the investigation that the Attorney General Bill Barr has the Connecticut U.S. Attorney John Durham doing into whether the investigation into the president in 2016 was legitimately started or whether there was bias in the FBI against the president, against the president's campaign. So Mulvaney connects those two together potentially in part because he knows that the first piece of this related to the Democratic servers has been totally debunked. But he does this in a way that basically makes it seem like the president of the United States is going out and personally working on an investigation, a criminal investigation. And for some reason, it crystallized this for me for the first time of the president can't investigate people, right? And and they're supposed to be arm's length with the attorney general, because it's supposed to be independent. And yes, the president's the chief executive, but... It's the ultimate paradox. To the extent that they say the spirit of their investigation now is to see if there was bias in the commencing of the investigation relating to Russia, you are now imposing the bias of a person who wants retaliation and who has made a conclusion in advance on that point. The president believes that's so. The president himself is biased. The president himself should stay the hell out of it. Case closed. Yeah. Case closed. Um, <laughs> the last thing to say about the Mulvaney presser, which I thought was really interesting, is that it's also important to remember that this wasn't money that the president was giving. It was money that was appropriated by Congress, the almost $400 million. And what's important about that is in Mulvaney's press conference, he even acknowledges that it, it's a violation of the law 
for the executive branch to, quote, impound. There's a whole statute related to impounding money that Congress has legitimately authorized. And so there's an awareness of what they're doing that I didn't fully appreciate until I saw his press conference. But he knows they're holding money that Congress has legitimately said we want it to go out. And they've put the brakes on that. And so there's an awareness of that quid pro quo piece that I hadn't seen prior to the press conference. See, I compare that to Australia, which is not as bad, right? Look, if if you're on this issue of what the president is asking for and what he's seeking and how much personal benefit he's trying to get, there are gradations, right? We know about this phone call that the president had with the leader of Australia, which I think is also weird and also unseemly. But, you know, the argument in favor of that being legitimate is that there's an existing investigation that's going on and he's merely seeking the help of, you know, a foreign power to aid generally in an investigation that's happening. And I see, you know, why people make that point and people try to connect it to this letter that three Democratic senators sent to Ukraine about having them cooperate with the Mueller investigation. The difference, I think, is the president of the United States has a deep-seated personal interest in the result of one versus not. Yeah. And so, you know, when when you're asking people to cooperate with and help out with um, – as international comedy may require, something like the special counsel's investigation, which, by the way, was oh, set in motion. Oh, you said comedy, not comedy. <laughs> C-O-M-I-T-I. Sometimes it's C-O-M-I-T-I. Wait, wait I had to, okay, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, interna- um, yeah, international cooperation. Uh, I do a lot of stand-up yes. comedy. Uh, <laughs> that was, in many ways, however much the president was trying to debunk it, set in motion by his administration, was overseen by his attorney general, his deputy attorney general, Uh, and had the full support of the Justice Department. And so I I don't think they're really equivalent. I don't think so either. I think also that the the idea of the executive branch, someone in the executive branch saying, hey, we expect full cooperation with legitimate and lawful investigations in our country, that conversation has been happening forever. And generally speaking, we, we get varying levels as a country of cooperation depending on who the other country is. This is different, though. The president here is looking for an investigation, one, to discredit the Mueller investigation, and two, basically, you know, what we know from his call with Zelensky, and again, we have to go back to what the actual facts are, is that he's looking for an investigation into the DNC servers and into, which again is a conspiracy theory that's been debunked, and into the Bidens and this company, Burisma, related to Hunter Biden. And so it is about his personal political gain. It's not about just look for the good of all, let's do political corruption investigations, and we want you to help us when we do them. And But you're right, there's enough there that allows the Republicans to basically say, hey, why is it okay for the Democrats to ask for help with Mueller, and it's not okay for the president to ask for help with you know, Biden and the DNC servers and the 2016 investigation? Yeah, I think they can, they can quickly dispense with that argument because it doesn't hold up. So should we get to impeachment? We should talk about what's going on in the House, lots of developments over the last week. Uh, To begin with, I think people have some confusion over what powers the House committees have. They have subpoena power. I hope you've enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To listen to the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership free for two weeks. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work.